Imagine a world without waste. Imagine if you could make products and packaging right every time. It's possible with the help of SpecRight, the first cloud-based platform for specification data management. You can track and report on material usage year over year, run LCAs with the click of a button, and comply with new packaging regulations like EPR and the UK plastics tax. Go to specright.com backslash sustainability to learn more. Now back to the show. Hey, today's podcast is brought to you by Myers Printing, which happens to be where I work as a senior vice president and coincidentally is the best sustainable printing company in the entire United States. Myers is a third generation family business on a mission to create a sustainable future for people, products, and our planet. We're proud to help the important work of the United Nations at COP28. For more information about Myers, the awesome products we manufacture, and our commitment to sustainability, click the link below in the show notes or reach out to me on LinkedIn or just through the Substack app. Join Myers in building a greener future, one package at a time. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the People of Packaging podcast. I know that you're all sitting around this week whenever you're listening to this and thinking, will Adam ever have somebody on to talk about can printing? And so this will not be the first of these uh, references to cans, but I'm going to say to you, yes, we can. That was Sorry, Paul, that was rough. That was a bad one. Uh, but I, I'm sure there will be more just really terrible dad jokes around cans and can printing. I'm really excited. And I know most people don't get excited about can printing. Uh, but if you're listening to this podcast, you should be because it's going to be fantastic and wonderful. As I am joined by can printing expert, Paul Fennessy. Paul is the is director comma graphics. So just director graphics. Uh, at Crown Cork and Seal, he's been there for 11 years. And Paul told me before the call that he was he listened to every episode. He's a huge fan. He wanted me to sign the screen uh, with a sharpie. I was like, Paul, listen, I can't do that. You know, n- none of that happened actually. But um, Paul's been in the industry for a while and is excited to come on. So, Paul, thanks so much. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, nice to meet you, Adam. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. Where are you uh, calling? Where are we recording this from? I'm in Utah. You're in? I am Ambler, Pennsylvania. Which everybody knows where it is. But in case there's a few people who don't, uh, where is? Philadelphia. Sorry. Okay. That's fine. Just outside of Philly. My my dad is actually from, he's from the Jersey side of Philly. I don't know. He told me all sorts of stories about growing up on the east side of Philly. So where are you in in proximity to Philadelphia? Yeah, we're just north of Philadelphia. I mean, about 30 minutes from the airport. So we're not that far. That's nice. where we have our studio. Our studio, we have a 14,000 square foot studio uh, in Ambler. And we uh, it's a customer center. So we handle all our customers here and um, do all the pre-press and all the uh, separation work for can printing. Got it. So, uh, from from a can print, we're gonna we're gonna get into to this. So, from a, it, how similar would you say can printing is to say like traditional, you know, like I'm I'm familiar with like label printing and shrink sleeve printing and flexible packaging printing. I'm sure there are similarities, but what's maybe something that you'd be like, you know, what most people don't know about can printing is, you know, these sorts of things. Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. It's a 
we print with a, a dry offset type printing process. Uh, our cans are printed at speeds up to 2,200 cans a minute. Um, the difference with our, you know, our, our printing process versus a, a shrink sleeve or printing on paper is that, you know, we're printing on metal. So uh, right off the bat, you know, we're dealing with the challenges of color. So brands have colors that they like to achieve, um, brand recognition. But uh, when we put ink on metal, you are automatically fighting the metal substrate and the uh, the metal shining through and, and adding a lot of dark, you know, gray and, and blacks to to the metal uh, to the ink. Yeah, that makes sense. So is it is it then difficult? I mean, I, I'm thinking about like iconic beverage companies that have had their colors very well documented is and, and on down to companies who really really care about the printing of their cans they may not be these iconic you know 100 200 year old companies but they still really care about it so you know i'm, I'm thinking about one time when i was trying to dial in color on a uh on a metallic bopp label substrate and it was just it was so hard to dial in with a spectrophotometer and and get because you had the different reflections and the different lighting so is do you spend a lot of time with your customers in at, at your customer center up there in in pennsylvania walking them through is, is it a lot of education along with the technical aspect of of printing of like hey at the end of the day we're still printing on this metallic substrate and and do you, do you help steer them there or is it just is it is it a combination of both that and hey but we really got to hit this color we there's no we have no options that's a great question uh, we do a lot of education here because it's it's not a sh simple process of hey I, I have this pms color i want you to hit well you know when you're looking at a pms color in a swatch book that's printed on bleached white paper we don't print on that bleached white paper as i mentioned so um so it's more about the education of the process and our, our printing method we can only carry so much film weight on a can to get it through the can manufacturing process. So uh, we, we really have to work with the inks that, you know, we have. Um, we do have an ink supplier that supplies all of North America with with ink for beverage cans. Uh, so knowing knowing uh, having a great relationship with our ink supplier, um, we can work with them and try to get as close as possible uh, with, with the brand colors. Uh, what we're finding out these days, a lot of, uh, of brands that come here prefer to start with the cans first because it's easier to go from the cans, get your colors dialed in and then work backwards to the other packaging um, for them. I, I was literally just having this conversation yesterday with a company that they, and they, they print on a, a metallic film, so they're not printing on cans, but it was the same kind of thing. And they were asking me, well, why, why is our color fluctuating so much? And I explained almost exactly what you did, right? I said, what you need to do is start with the product that it, start with the color closest to the product. And in this case, you know, for you, it would be the can, right? Um, as a as someone who spent most of my life on the other side of that, I'm always encouraging people if if they want a you know a six pack carrier and they want the colors to be consistent, it's like you can't just start with a Pantone book. You need to start with what's actually achievable on the hardest thing to print, which in this case is the can. And then we can custom mix some inks and we can on on the paper substrate to get closest to the color on the can. But if you just give the can manufacturer a Pantone color and you give your label manufacturer a Pantone color and you give your box manufacturer a Pantone color, you're going to be really surprised at the difference. 
between all three of those colors, even though you think they're all going to be the same, right? Um, so, man, that's 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 good to hear that that's also happening, you know, happening on your end. Um, so, in in eleven years, I'm sure you've seen a a lot of different, you know, a lot of different ideas and um, you know, kind of printing coming through. Has there been any any sort of neat innovations that maybe people don't know about? I'm sure a lot of consumers don't think about the can printing component of when they're when they're enjoying their cans, right? But I have to imagine there's been some some cool things that have happened in the can printing industry over the 11 years that you've been there. Absolutely. Um, you know, the, I think with the popularity of cans these days, I know uh, over 75% of new beverage launches in North America uh, now appear in cans. So it, it's five years ago, it's, it's doubled since then. So um, it, it's very, um, the improvements that we've made in the last 11 years, uh, mostly circle uh, center around the uh, quality. Um, we've gone from an analog printing plate process to a digital printing plate process, uh, allowing us uh, to get much better resolution and imagery on the can. So uh, compared to years ago, it was a lot of more solid colors and you know, that's very effective still. Some of your biggest brands are just solid line work, but um, these days you can get much more detailed and much more uh, photorealistic printing uh, on a can. Uh, in addition to that, we have thermochromic inks, photochromic inks. You can mm. use different inks and you have different varnishes. You have a, a matte varnish for uh, that gives a can a more premium look. So there's different options that we can work with um, available to us now. Yeah. And, you know, if you're if if you're listening to this and you're not familiar with some of those terms, I remember the uh, I used to live in Colorado Springs and I was really excited to learn about uh, chromatic technology that does, you know, they, they make thermochromatic inks, which allows the ink to change color, you know, based on something like temperature. Um, and so it's it's been really cool to see that work its way into the to the beverage world as well. So that's that's a great that's a great call. And the matte, how new is is kind of that like matte finish? Have you gotten into like the soft touch finishes yet or is matte sort of the, the closest that you can get so far? Modern consumers want modern buying experiences, and they don't just want them, they expect them. Beyond killer on-site buying experiences, consumers expect seamless experiences from checkout to delivery. And when things go wrong, and they do a lot, we know this in the packaging industry, they expect the brand to make it right and make it right quickly. In fact, 89% of consumers say they stop buying from a brand after just one bad buying experience. That's where Label comes in. Label Protect is a brand-first, buyer-focused protection solution that's uniquely designed to make shipping issues a thing of the past. Instead of leaving your buying experience a chance, you can give your customers peace of mind at checkout knowing their orders are 100% covered from loss, theft, damage, and more. And with a 98% claim approval rate, 24-hour resolution time, and best-in-class revenue share, Label reduces customer support overhead, protects your bottom line, increases profits, and most importantly, Label keeps your customers coming back for more. Whether you ship 100 orders a month or 100,000, it's time to make the final mile part of your competitive advantage with Label. You can learn more by clicking the link in the show notes or going to LABLPX.com. That's LABLPX.com. 
we've we've done some soft touch, um, but I, I would say primarily we're gloss, which is our standard over varnish that you see on the majority of cans today, uh, and matte. Uh, there's also a satin varnish out there that's kind of in between the matte and in between the, the matte and the gloss. Um, both are highly effective. Do you do spot? varnishes or is it is it just a, an overall varnish because of the nature of how fast it's printing exactly the nature of how fast it's printing at 2200 cans a minute it has to go completely cover the can so after the printing process it it goes right to one coat of over varnish and then off to the oven for curing so let me pivot here for for a quick second because i know i've spent i've spent a lot of time with uh like tlmi which is the tag and label manufacturers institute and during there, there was there was a period of time where MOQs got got pretty high for printed cans. And it, it sounds like that's come down uh, quite a bit. But there, during this period of time, there was a lot of labeling that was happening on just blank cans, right, with a pressure sensitive label or with a shrink sleeve that causes a lot of disruptions in the recycling stream. It's really not great for uh, I don't think brand owners really want it. It adds cost, you know, things like that. So what if you had like a, a crystal ball and you you could sort of look out in the future, do you do you see like not just digital plate making, but do you see a world where digital direct can printing at a at 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 a good, you know, kind of like a good pace? Do you see that coming in or just due to the nature of having to put ink onto metal, do you think that that digital process is going to be maybe a little bit more difficult? I think the future uh, holds a lot of more digital printing in store for us. I, I do. Um, it's slow right now. Uh, the fastest speeds printing on a can directly on a cylinder is about 500 cans a minute. Um, there is a company out there that makes those printers. Um, uh, they are being launched into the market right now, and uh, uh, they're very, very good machines for what they are right now, but they still can't achieve the, the speeds that we currently run conventionally. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I think that that was, it, it's, it hasn't been as there, there's just been certain segments where I think, you know, digital printing, it, it's, it's great in concept until you really start to break down the actual cost. When you're talking about a four to five X run speed and typically with digital printing, when you lay down white, or like a really opaque white onto a substrate that would you say 500 cans per minute that can that can go down to i'm sure i'm sure it can go go down quite a bit when you're talking about laying down heavy coats of opaque white at least in the in the spaces that i've played i got to imagine it's going to be similar in the can production world so um is that something that crown has looked into you know is that is that a, a growth area for you or are you so busy because as, as you mentioned can production is at all-time highs even at the packaging industry as a whole had a little bit of a downturn in terms of volume for labels and for boxes and for shrink sleeves the only market segment that grew last year that i could tell was aluminum cans um even even flexible films that had traditionally had a pretty good growth curve had taken a a, a little bit of a dive so aluminum cans were the only thing that was growing so do you guys look at this and say yeah, we just got to keep innovating on what we're really good at, or we'll do this, but we also got to keep our eye over here on some of these new innovations on printing. Yes, we stay uh, looking at the future and and um, innovating. Um, I, I have 
actually been involved in some of that innovation and digital printing on the digital side. I've, I've gone overseas and worked with one of these suppliers that are currently making our um, making the digital printers that print 500 cans a minute. So I have very close experience with that. Uh, but as a whole, uh, it, you can you can maybe do a truckload of cans digitally printed today and, and anything beyond that, uh, it's going to be less expensive to do it conventionally. So uh, we have to keep up the speeds and, and keep up the volumes uh, to supply the marketplace right now. And I think as the technology for digital printing on cans develops, you know, it, it may grow in the future and there may be other opportunities in the future. It's just hard to say how far in the future that is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, let let's get let's get down the uh, let's get down the rabbit hole of packaging nerdery here for a second. So you know, kind of walk me through the the implementation. So I just had on um, uh, uh, Wyatt Russell and Rich uh, Rich Pete, and they were talking about their new company, Lake Hour, which is a printed aluminum can. So somebody like that comes to you, and they say, "Hey, we've got this great design." and we need to get it printed. Could you sort of go through like the life cycle of what that is is from, you know, from idea or here we got some graphics to look, we have cans. Like what what is that process like? Sure, absolutely. Uh, most of our customers come to us with, with the final design in place. Now we'll make some printability recommendations and we will help them um, focus and make sure that the design is repeatable and, and can get through production uh, okay. Uh, but once they turn that design over to our team, what we'll do is, is take their artwork, their raw artwork on, on you know, an illustrator or some format like that, and then we will take it and divide it up into spot colors. And those spot colors, uh, there are six that we use um, in our printing process. So there's a, a maximum of six colors. Now there are in Europe, uh, they do print a color. Um, eventually, I think in North America, we'll move to an eight color uh, decoration process, but for now it's six colors. And we'll take that artwork, we'll divide it into six spot colors and we will uh, apply any kind of techniques or, or uh, such things as stay back. So in our dry offset printing process, we cannot have two solid inks overprinting each other because the way the printing process works, and this is part of the education that we walk the customer through, is that the once we separate the artwork, each color becomes a plate, which is an ink, and um, we have a single plate per color that goes into the decorator, and there's a, a blanket wheel, and the blanket wheel transfers the ink from the plate to the can. So it goes from plate, from rollers to a plate, the plate, to a blanket one color at a time as it circles around picks up each color um, out of the six colors and then eventually that blanket transfers the entire six color image to a can uh, as it rolls over the blanket kind of like a rubber stamp got it and all of the colors are on the one blanket correct all the colors got are it. on the one blanket so so if you take a close look at any can, um, and this is where like my family goes crazy because every time we go out to dinner and I, I pick up a can and I'm analyzing it, uh, I'm seeing the colors and I'm seeing the separations and the and the lines, the uh, the stay back, what we call stay back. So that's the the amount of silver, uh, the gap between the inks, and it's very small. It's like five thousandths of an inch. And uh, if you take a look at any can very close, any solid colors, typically those colors are not touching each other. 
right. because as that blanket comes back around on the decorator, it's still wet. It still has some of that ink on there. And if there was a, a white, for instance, that printed on top of a red, that would that red would touch the white um, plate, and then it would transfer that red ink down the ink train and eventually contaminate. And that white ink would now start looking pink. So, uh, so there are certain techniques that we use to keep those inks separate. Got it. That's that's kind of the process. And once we do the separation, and and uh, we we go to a uh, a proofing line. So we have two pilot presses here, and they're miniature decorators. So they're just like the decorators that are in our production facilities, um, and we use the same inks and the same printing process to put the ink on the can and show the customer what that design is going to look like when it's finally printed. So this gives them an opportunity to adjust the colors. If the green isn't exactly the color they want it to be, we can make a quick change on inks and, and try a different green. Um, if we need to, we can adjust separations, uh, eventually, you know, getting exactly what the customer wants. And once they sign off on that, that the graphics package is going to be ready to go to the plant for manufacturing. So that in a nutshell is, is the uh, process that we go through. So is the, do you, on, on this proofing station or after, after this proofing process, so does the customer sign off on a, on a digital proof and then they also sign off on a physical proof that's on, is it, is it a fully formed can? Is it a flat sheet of aluminum? What's, what are they signing off on? They're signing off on a, on a fully round cylindrical can um, that, the only thing it's called a straight wall can. So it's not going to have a neck like your standard can does in the store. It's just a straight wall can um, and it will have all the inks on it and, you know, be 360 degrees uh, representation of, of their art, of their final can. They and do sign then, on the, Sorry, they do ahead. sign on a digital PDF of the artwork after the separation just to confirm that all the content is correct and nothing got, you know, missed. Uh, but after that is approved, then we move to the piloting stage. Okay, and then that that uh, that single would you call it a single wall straight wall can? Okay, yeah. Um, you know that that's going to allow them to see. Okay, how is the artwork bending and moving around the can? You know, not just how does it look flat, but okay. I can pick this up and I can look at it and maybe they could take it into the retail location and see like, okay, how's it going to look under retail lighting? And do you have customers who do all of that? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. We have shelves here available. They can put them up on shelves. They can put them next to other cans. Um, and they, some of them take them outside and, and take pictures of them outside, how, how they're going to look and um, you, you know, on social media. Uh, so that's a big thing these days. So they, they like to, take photographs of it and make sure that it looks good um, in, in those photographs. How many TikTok dances have you done in front of a can for social media, Paul? Absolutely zero. <laughs> we need to make that happen. Uh, I'm, um, sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm envisioning, here's what I'm thinking. Uh, do you remember the the can-can dance? Like, yeah. I think we need to make that a social media thing. Yeah. Uh, we, we, got some, we got some PR folks that are listening to our podcast here, so... Uh, you know, uh, why don't, why don't we, why don't we make that happen? I need to see Paul in a can can TikTok dance. Um, we'll see. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll pray about it. Uh, so is that, does that then function as the press check or do, do you also have customers who come in for 
the actual production of the cans or are you like it's not really necessary this is your this is what we match to this this physical straight wall can that you signed off on yeah it's a combination of both there are some brands that like to be present for the first production run um production runs can be a little different than the pilot run while we're using the same inks and the same printing method uh, the difference is we're printing a lot slower on, on our presses. You know, we're, we're doing 10, 15 cans a minute versus the 2,200 cans a minute you get in production. Uh, the, the, the temperature, the ambient temperature of the room is different in production versus here in a studio. So there are some differences and a, and a lot can come into play when you're talking about inks and how they behave on, on a can. Um, oh yeah. Lay down your shoes and, and so forth. So, um, so there are some challenges still in, in, in the production process, but we uh, we can take what we do on the pilot line and use that as a an ideal target on the production line. Um, so once they go into production, I know that you're you know you're obviously on the front end uh, the graphics, but obviously you're, you're familiar enough with the production. So are these printed on kind of are, are these printed directly onto sheets? sheets I'm, I, i've never seen this happen or is it like a big roll of aluminum is it are they sheets of aluminum and then those get cut and then formed i've never actually watched a, a can get manufactured um and so you know you can uh, you said you can print at 2200 cans a minute are these whatever 50 up on a sheet or what how, do, how does that happen once once it's signed off and it's going through the plant Sure. Yeah. Once it gets to the plant, when they get the uh, the design and they set up the production, uh, it starts out as a huge roll, a coil of aluminum, flat, flat rolled up, and it it um, runs down, and it gets in, uh, feeds into the cupper. A cupper will basically punch out cups out of out of that sheet of aluminum, and those cups travel along um, to the body maker. The body maker, so the cups drop down into the body maker, and then the metal is extruded. So it's it's uh, it's basically stretched into the shape of a can. It's trimmed, and then from there it goes off to a washer. The washer gets rid of any of the impurities, and then from the washer it goes off to the decorator. That's where it gets decorated, and then after that it goes on to the inside spray. So the inside spray protects the the liquid that's going into that um, can from the metal. And then after the inside spray it goes to a necking process and then from the necking process it goes off to the palletizer and then shipped got it so your so your role in the decorator is it's already been it's already gone what did you call it you said the cupper and the body maker which sound like some really sweet wwf names <laughs> uh, i think uh i i that would be actually be a great costume for your TikTok can can dance. Is you you are dressed as Paul the body maker. Oh, um, I'm just I'm just spitballing here, Paul. But I think you've got a really successful career as a TikTok influencer. Uh, but if if that doesn't happen, you know, it sounds like you're doing really well in your current role. Uh, okay, so it goes through the 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 cupper and the body maker. So it's already a formed what we may know as a can, and then is that where the blankets? go around and print on so it's it's art it's not it's not big sheets it's already actually formed and that's how you're decorating it. correct yeah so it's a formed can and those formed cans after they're washed they, they come down a chute basically and they get put onto a mandrel 
and the mandrels travel around in a big circle and that's where they meet up with the blanket and the blanket as the can is rolling over the blanket transfers the image to the can so does one blanket how how many cans does one blanket print one at a time and then it goes back around through the process to pick up more ink to hit the next can that comes through so in on a, a standard typical decorator there's say 12 blanket segments so those 12 blanket segments are traveling around extremely fast picking up the ink from each of the plates and transferring to the cans at 2200 cans a minute got it so that that actually really helps going back to the innovation question on why cans per minute matters because you have this whole process typically printing will happen in like secondary packaging at the very beginning of the process and it's not the bottleneck but you're saying this is a long process it's already gone through all of the 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 wwf stuff and it's already gotten to its point and if it's now slowed if it's throttled back at that point by a magnitude of you know four to 10x slower that's going to back up all of the stuff that's happening and then it's going to slow down everything on the front end which would actually make sense why maybe some of this some of this digital innovation hasn't hit the can manufacturing like it has other segments that makes a lot of sense i didn't realize that yeah yeah it's um tightly integrated into the whole can manufacturing process so it's a it's a major step that you know right in the middle of that whole process and, and you need every step of that process to get a printed can similar um, oh sorry go ahead sorry yeah i was going to say that so a lot of the digital cans today we're still putting the cans through the same process we're basically just bypassing the decoration part and providing a uh, a necked finalized can that's already got the inside spray and everything and those cans are what a lot of um third parties are now using to digitally decorate got it so they're so they're buying just uh silver cans basically and then decorating at that point okay that makes sense um so i i i've got all sorts of questions um my question on the blankets and and we're we're up we're at 20 what are we at here holy cow paul 27 minutes um this is this is how this is how like intimate you can get in packaging right as you can talk for a half an hour about can aluminum can printing and feel like you still need more time um but just, just a couple more questions so is it similar to like traditional offset printing um you know do do customers have are there like blanket costs and plate costs that they have to pay uh traditionally or does all of that just get roped into the cost of the can on the manufacturing side all gets roped into the cost of the can um on the graphic side up front there there's a uh, there are some charges associated with you know separation and and um, whether it's through our studio or some third-party vendor, you, you have the ability to to go through others. Um, yes, we we do have charges associated with this setup fees and and the piloting fees. Got it. That may, and and all of that makes sense. I just yeah, this is like my first it's my first uh, can conversation. I think uh, okay. so. This is this is exciting. Well, Paul. Um, I really appreciate it. I, I guess I would be curious, how do people get in touch with, with Crown Cork and Seal? How, if they've got questions, you know, more questions for you, how would they follow up with you to, number one, learn about can printing, and number two, to follow your new TikTok influencer career that we just came up with on the spot? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, they, uh, they can go to our website, uh, Crown Cork and Seal, uh, well, crowncork.com. 
And from there, they can find out everything they want to know about cans and, and Crown as a metal packager. Um, and there are locations on the website where they can submit inquiries if there are new businesses that are looking for uh, looking to get into cans. Okay. And could they connect up with you on LinkedIn? Would that be a way to, if someone wanted, had a question for you individually? Absolutely. Yes, I'm available on LinkedIn. Okay, great. I'll make sure that those two links are down in the show oh. notes. You can click it, go to crowncork.com or follow Paul on linkedin.com. Um, and we're going to go with, uh, um, wait, what were the, what was the, the cuppery? No. The, the, the body maker. The body maker at at the body maker at canbodymaker.com. No, that's not going to work. Uh, we'll 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 have to. We'll think about that one. We'll think about that one. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to come up with something something better, um, or come up with nothing at all because. I, I'll stick with my daytime job. You can stick with your day. Okay, okay, everyone. Uh, so it was a short career for for the body maker uh, Paul Fennessy on TikTok. It lasted approximately six and a half minutes on a podcast, but. Um, it was, it was a good, it was a good run. It was good while it lasted. Uh, Paul, thank you a ton for coming on the podcast and for doing what you do. It sounds like every day, right? Educate people on, on the can printing process and what you're doing over at Crown Cork and Seal. I really appreciate you coming on and, uh, hopefully, uh, we can, I'll get out to Philly, drive a little bit North and see, see the production. I think it'd be really fascinating. Well, my, my pleasure. Uh, you're always welcome to come out and visit. The studio is something to see. Um, you know, we, from beginning to end, you can understand the whole manufacturing process and, and the whole design separation process and everything associated with that. So, um, yeah, thank you for having me on. Awesome. Thanks, Paul. Hey, congrats. You made it to the end of the podcast. If you're looking for more great podcast material in the packaging industry, please check out Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors and the newly redesigned Package Unboxed with Avelio Matos. Go find them wherever you listened to this podcast. Thanks, everybody.